Welcome to Enterprise Radio, the signature show of the Enterprise Podcast Network, featuring some of the most prominent business professionals in the world today. And now your host, Eric Dye. Once again, this is Eric Dye, and welcome to Enterprise Radio, a part of EPN, the Enterprise Podcast Network. Joining us on the program, we're speaking with Mr. Dennis Underwood, the CEO of Cyber Crucible that provides hyper-automated data and identity theft prevention software to businesses. And Mr. Underwood, thanks for joining us here today. Well, thank you so much, Eric, for having me on. I really appreciate it and sharing a little bit about what we do and, and educate customers. And we're certainly, no doubt, looking forward to learning a few things from you as well. So for starters, I don't hear much about extortion in cybersecurity. Can you help us define extortion in this context to kick things off today? Absolutely. Uh, when we first started talking about ransomware and the modern way that a lot of cyber attackers think, we realized that the business case, the, the real risk to businesses and to high net worth individuals was all about extortion. It wasn't really about the technical details. I mean, extortion has been around for a very long time. But really, in this context, you know, the, the hackers, they go after you for your money. Uh, they go after your company for money. Um, most commonly, quite honestly, is they're going after all of us normal folks just so that they can use us as a way to go after our company. Uh, and what they do is uh, the extortion is they interrupt uh, business activities, they embarrass the companies, whatever they need to do to try to force uh, a payment, a ransom or some other payment to uh, make the problem go away. And, and, and we realize that that really is take away all the geekiness and technology. It really is an extortion attack. Um, no different than what's been going on for probably thousands of years. And thanks for your feedback, information, and details on that. Much appreciated. Now, you mentioned automation. Am I hearing you right on that, that the hackers are using AI? Uh, get into that just a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible. Uh, it's also, we, we've learned with chat GPT and all the rest of the noise around AI and the marketing, it's always important to uh, to make sure to measure uh, twice whatever we say, whenever we use the word AI, you know, or, or the acronym AI. So there's two different ways that hackers are using artificial intelligence. The first is that they are using chat GPT, which is what most folks think of nowadays in 2023 when you speak about AI. What they're doing is they're figuring out they can use programs to mimic the users, maybe the company executives, customers, vendors, anything on the people side of hacking goes back to that extortion attack where they're trying to make you do something to give them leverage over you or your company. What we're mostly seeing after they get access is a different kind of AI, different way of thinking about things, something called robotic process automation. Uh, it is sometimes, you know, not talked about as much by PhDs and universities. Uh, but what really is going on is that they are figuring out how to make the program to automatically take care of all those 100 steps to go ahead and execute an attack and force you to pay a ransom to make them go away. We're seeing R RPA, or robotic process automation, as a really big win for hackers at the expense of all of us normal folks. And that's also why we have such an automation focus in our company to, to beat back with a program. Essentially, you're not fighting a hacker in a hoodie. You're really fighting a program running against you. And so you need another program to defend for you. Now to take this all further, what are companies doing about theft and ransomware differently in response? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest changes we saw in 2019 and 2020 was that 
previously hackers didn't really uh, didn't really involve the companies as much in in their hacking, right? They actually would uh, they'd steal your data and then they'd sell it on some dark web marketplace and didn't really involve the CEO of the company at all or the customers. Now that they're doing extortion and they're trying to embarrass the company into paying or ceasing business operations or anything like that, companies are really doing a lot to try to, uh, you know, not be in the news, essentially. Uh, they're buying cyber insurance. They're buying products. They're doing everything they can to prep for what they see as the inevitability of a hacker getting in. Um, they are doing everything they can to try to prepare uh, and uh, I mean, Cyber Crucible really is there because we we want to give them an option besides just prepare for essentially your house to catch on fire, which is a which is a no win for everyone involved. Yeah, for sure on that. Really do appreciate your visit and all the insight and information shared so far. We're speaking with Mr. Dennis Underwood, the CEO of Cyber Crucible that provides hyper-automated data and identity theft prevention software to businesses here on Enterprise Radio, a part of VPN, the Enterprise Podcast Network. Now, continuing on, earlier you mentioned digital identity. Can you help us define what digital identity means in this context as well? Absolutely, yes. So what we've seen in the last few years is uh, really an acceleration of this concept of identity driving data access that everyone's experienced with all of these web applications, all the way from an IT admin who's managing their network uh, down to a photographer for weddings, you know, managing what photographs are available for the new happy couple. Uh, identity is driving all of the access to all of this. There's a technical term, it's called OAuth tokens. So think of it like you put your password in once and then this token is given to you. And that's really what drives your experience in the internet my wife compared it to getting a, uh, you know, that wristband you get at Walt Disney World whenever you go in there. All you like to do is to sit there and scan your wristband every time you want to ride on the next ride. What the hackers realize is just back to the world, you know, Walt Disney World example is that they realize that they can steal that uh, that risk token, then they can steal your identity as far as all these applications can are concerned. All the way from banking to you know ordering a part for the car to fix the car to you know ordering groceries even, what they've done is they've focused on that, and we really focused on this concept of this digital identity, which is focused on the tokens which drive your identity as far as the internet is concerned, as far as all these companies concerned. You know, if you're buying Walmart Christmas gifts, for instance, it's all driven by these tokens. And they've learned to steal the tokens from underneath you so that in ways you don't even know, the hacker actually is taking your identity as far as all these companies and websites are concerned. And they're gaining access to your data and they're weaponizing it to be able to extort you or your company. Well, I'm sure you've grabbed the attention of the audience tuning in today. This is some serious stuff right here. Uh, continuing on, can you piece together for us the digital identity attacks that you see compared to the data theft and ransomware attacks? Absolutely. So the, first, the, the good news is, is that the shift in attacker behaviors is actually good news. Uh, they're going to come after all of us and all of our companies and our employers, no matter what we do. Uh, so having them move to try to get better access is good because that means we're doing something that's working. And that's always a good thing, making the bad guys react to you. Uh, what we're seeing is that, you know, in the first half of this year of 2023, we saw that just over half, so 52% of the attacks we stopped that we prevented with our product uh, 
those automatic protection you prevented access to folks or companies digital identities that meant you know all those tokens we talked about and access you know this goes way beyond just passwords it goes to their, their identities of the employees for instance only nine percent of those companies actually experienced uh, an attack that focused on trying to steal their data so what that means is two things First, it means that the hackers are going after everyone's digital identities first. That seems to be the first step they do whenever they get into a company or get into your browser or your desktop, your workstation, whatever you have going on, they're going after your identity first. Then they're going after the data. But I think it goes beyond that. I, I think that the hackers have realized that the world is really driven by digital identities nowadays. You know, all this data, all the access, your user experience, whether you're an employee or a customer or a vendor. So they're going after that very important bit of data first, and it's working very well for them. Um, normally, we're seeing that digital identity is the focus right now. I think it's going to be the focus even more in the future. I think that we're going to see more and more attacks against digital identity, which is why it's so important to make sure that you have a way to prevent that from being stolen in the first place. Yeah, great point made right there, no doubt. Lastly, are you, you're talking a lot about automation here and mentioned hyper-automation. What is hyper-automation and why is this so important? Yeah, so uh, hyper-automation sounds a bit, little bit like jargon, right? I think it was first coined by Gartner uh, marketing analysts, and they kind of, we'll, we'll see if we're talking about hyper-automation in 10 years or not. The concept is that you need a way to automatically, from start to finish, find, analyze, and take care of a problem without needing human intervention. Think of it like a factory floor making car doors, maybe, and there's no people there. It's all robots going back and forth, putting the pieces together. At Cyber Crucible, with our R&D, we realized that you really only have about 200 milliseconds to identify and kick out the hacker once they get in. That's all you have, which means that no human really can be involved. Hyper-automation or this concept of end-to-end -end automation is the only thing you can use to actually find the attacker before they steal that first piece of digital identity. The identity data really is very small. Uh, we're talking, you know, it could be uh, you know, over the internet and near, near milliseconds. And by the time many people see it, it's long gone, just like a password. So we developed a technique that said, you know what, we're going to really lean into this end-to-end -end automation concept because we have to. And we're going to go ahead and identify the hacker and stop them and protect the data before even the first person is able to see the first inkling of an attack. And it's worked really well. And that's why we're seeing so much of this uh, attempted theft of digital identities. Again, Mr. Underwood, we want to thank you so much for what you do in this space and for joining us here today on behalf of Cyber Crucible. If listeners wanted to get further details and or to be in touch, or if they had any questions, where's the best place to get further details? Yes, yeah, so of course, you can always go to our website at cybercrucible.com. I'm actually really active educating our customers and our prospects and the general population in Scott Cybersecurity. I'm really active on LinkedIn. So if you look up Dennis Underwood, Cyber Crucible, You'll see me on there. I have tens of thousands of followers that I uh, I hope find value in all of my uh, my thought leadership and my content that I put out. Feel free to say hi there. I'm always really good about responding within about a day, uh, and um, always happy to have a smart customer uh, or a smart prospect because normally once they're educated, 
folks come on board and they install our software, which is always making me very happy. No doubt there. And again, we thank you for all the resources available. Again, folks, it is cybercrucible.com. Mr. Underwood, thanks so much for joining us here today on EPN. Hopefully we can catch up with you again in the future. Eric, thank you so much for your time. Hey, certainly my pleasure. Anytime again, we've been speaking with Dennis Underwood, the CEO of Cyber Crucible that provides hyper-automated data and identity theft prevention software to businesses. And for further details, again, visit cybercrucible.com. And this is Eric Dye, and you've been listening to Enterprise Radio, a part of EPN, the Enterprise Podcast Network. Tune into our live location as we are streaming live 24-7 around the world at epodcastnetwork.com forward slash live. You can also find our live stream on iTunes Radio and TuneIn Radio, as well as the TuneIn Radio app for your listening convenience. And as always, we thank you for your support and for tuning in. Thanks for listening to Enterprise Radio. To subscribe to more of our programming, visit epodcastnetwork.com. This is the ePodcast Network.